0: Playhouse. The National Broadcasting Company takes pleasure in presenting the first of a series of Authors Playhouse dramas, radio adaptations of the best in the field of short stories, selections from the works of contemporary writers, as well as the acknowledged masters of the past. Tonight, Arthur's Playhouse presents H.G. Wells' dramatic story, The Country of the Blind.
1: Three hundred miles from the snows of Chimboraza lies a mysterious mountain valley, the country of the blind. Long years ago, the valley lay open to the outside world and many people crossed the mountains to settle there beside its rich meadows and sparkling streams. Then came the great eruption of Mindabamba, when it was night for 17 days. The water in the rivers boiled. The mountain crest slipped and came down like thunder, and the valley was cut off from the outside world. And in the valley, it neither rained nor snowed. Yet the land was good and yielded the finest fruits. The settlers were content in their isolation until a curse came, which caused all the succeeding generations to be born blind, and there was no cure for the disease. As the years passed, the people of the valley forgot the traditions and contour of the greater world where men could see. Two centuries after the great volcanic outbreak, a man from the outer world came into the country of the blind. He was Nunath, the mountaineer, who fell from a frightful precipice and was swept down a steep slope of snow in an avalanche. The soft snow broke his fall and he was stunned but unhurt. And when he looked about him, he saw that he was standing on a cliff above a valley which was starred with beautiful flowers and crossed with narrow streams and pathways. In the distance, he saw people working in the meadows. He stumbled down the slope, and when he'd reached the floor of the valley, he followed a path through the field to the place where the people were working. He shouted. He waved, but they gave no sign and stood waiting. When he reached them, they ran forward and touched his clothes and hair and whispered to each other, and he knew that they were all stone blind. Suddenly, his mind he heard the words of an old proverb, as if it were a refrain. In the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And he looked at the people in pity, and smiled in a superior way, as he would smile at a child. Gently, friends. Come now. Take your hands away.
2: speaks. He must be a man. But where did he come from? From out of the rocks. How else? I came from the mountains, out of the country beyond, where men can see. Feel the coarseness of his hair, like the coat of a llama. He is unshaven. How could I shave when I've been climbing in the mountains? Climbing in the rocks, you hear?
1: He's more beast than man.
2: We must lead him to the great elder. You needn't take my hand. I can see. See? Yes, see, confound. You take your hands off. He stumbled against my pail only a moment ago. His senses are still imperfect. He stumbles and talks unmeaning words. Lead him by the hand. (laughs) Oh, well, have it your way, then.
1: They led him through the village until his guide stopped in front of a large stone building. And as they pushed him inside the doorway, the crowd cut off the light, and he found himself in darkness. You are in the presence of our great elder, Barrio. You must answer his questions. I'm not used to being treated as a prisoner.
3: You are not to consider yourself a prisoner, my son. What is your name?
2: Nunez. I'm a mountaineer by trade, and I've come out of the greater world into your valley.
3: No, Nunes. You have come into the world. Our fathers have told us men may be made by the forces of nature. You may find this hard to understand... But understanding will come when you have been here longer. When the time comes to undertake your education...
2: I've had a better education than your best teachers could give me in 50 years. Mine is the education nature teaches to those who love her. You know nothing beyond what you feel and hear.
3: Your words are strange and meaningless, Nunes. Understanding comes only through what can be felt and heard.
2: Then listen, if you will.
3: I could teach you to understand
2: things you've never even dreamed of.
3: You may speak of these things.
2: I fell from the greater world into your valley. Only think of the dimensions of your valley and multiply them hundreds of thousands of times. Then you will have some idea of my world. The fellow is mad very old. Let us take him away.
3: No, let him continue. We must understand his disease if we're to heal him.
2: Disease? I'm only telling you the simple truth. If you could only see the vastness of the sky, the beauty of the stars, the great height of the mountains, the sweep of the ocean beyond which no man could see, then you might understand the universe. But you're shut away
3: in darkness, and the truth frightens you. You speak of truth, and yet your words are meaningless. What are these words, sky? And what was it, sight? You've never even heard about sight? There's no such word, Nunes.
2: Of course there's no such word in your language,
3: because you can't see.
2: How long must we listen to this nonsense?
3: Be patient, Corea.
2: It's impossible. You don't even begin to understand me.
3: Be calm, my son. You are a new-made being, and the ways of the world are strange to you. You have been created to learn and serve the wisdom we have acquired. You must have courage and do your best to learn.
2: I won't be treated like a child.
3: As you grow in wisdom, you'll be treated accordingly. But now it is late, and the night is far gone. Night? It's broad day, not even noon. Oh, he doesn't even know the difference between night and day. No scoffing, Pedro. He will learn. The hours are divided into two periods. The warm period we call night, and the cool which we call day. Thus, we work during the day when it is cool and sleep at night when it is warm. We'll speak more of these things another day, Nunes. Now, you must have something to eat. And then, do you know how to sleep?
2: <laughs> yes, we have that much in common. Still, it
3: will be strange
2: to sleep while the sun is shining.
1: And Nunes did not sleep. All the rest of that day, he considered the strange situation he found himself in. And he was still thinking when the sun set. He wandered out of the village in the evening light. And it seemed to him that the glow upon the snow fields and the glaciers was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. And while he looked over the valley, he heard a voice calling. And when he had responded, I am Jacob Sirotei and you have been assigned to my household. You are to help me with my work, Nunez, and I will care for you and be your friend and teacher. And my master? If you choose to call it that, you must obey me, Nunez, until you have proved your ability and knowledge to be a free man. And what if I don't choose to go with you now? You must. It has been agreed. Now, come. Must you be led like a child? Can you not hear the path as you walk? <laughs> hear? I can see it. There is no such word as see. Cease this folly and follow the sound of my footsteps. My time will come. You will learn. There is much to learn in the
2: world. How true. Has anyone ever told you, in the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king? What is
1: blind? (laughs) Three weeks passed, and the fourth found the king of the blind still unrecognized. But knowing that his time would come, he was patient and learned the manners and customs of the country of the blind, so that the people began to like and trust him. And he was not unhappy there, for he had found a friend, the daughter of his master. Medina Sorote was more beautiful and gentle than any woman Nunes had ever seen. Medina
2: What do your people think of me, now that I've been here for a few weeks?
4: I think they like you, Nunez. My father says you are becoming more like us every day.
2: In one way, Medina. I'm not like your people at all.
4: Because you can see? Yes. I wish you wouldn't say that, Nunez.
2: Why not? It's true. Don't you believe me either?
4: I don't know. I only know that when you say so, they distrust you.
2: I wish you could see all the wonderful things around us, Medina. The sun is setting, and the shadows of the mountain are falling across the meadow. The sky is blazing with color, and the color makes golden lights in your hair.
4: Nunes, what is it like, this thing you call the sky?
2: It's like nothing you've ever imagined or dreamed of, Medina. It looks like a great blue dome, and it stretches forever about and around us, with no beginning and no end. Oh,
4: no. That's wicked, Nunes. You're a pagan. You deny all that we've learned from our great teachers and philosophers.
2: Tell me what you believe, Medina.
4: You speak of a world beyond the rocks, Nunez. But there is no world beyond the rocks. The end of the world is the fringe of rocks where the llamas graze. And a great cavernous roof rises above the rocks.
2: Roof? There's no roof. Only the sky. A great
4: void. Emptiness. You believe in nothing but a great emptiness. It sounds horrible and threatening.
2: Why? What is there to fear?
4: Nothing could shake my faith before you came, Nunez. And now I no longer know what to believe... I want to believe you, but just think, if you teach my people what it means to see, they will learn that it is dreadful to be blind.
2: No, because I can make them see through my eyes. Medina, you and I together, we could make these people strong and great.
4: Nunes, I think we could only make them miserable. Don't you realize that they are strong now? What could you give us, Nunez, with your wonderful stories about sight and the greater world? Nothing. Nothing but discontentment.
2: No, Medina. You don't understand. If you only knew what it is to see, I won't let you continue in blindness. I'll show you somehow. I swear it.
1: I'll show them all. Mm But whenever Nunez spoke of sight or the great world beyond the mountains, the people looked at him strangely. And then one day, he called some of the people together, declaring he would prove his superior power, his wonderful gift of sight.
2: Just listen to me for a little while. That's all I ask. We're standing outside the village, and you can hear the sounds of people moving about. But I can see them. If I tell you what they're doing... Will you believe that I can see? If you could tell us that, perhaps we may Pedro, might... I see your sister Medina sitting on the porch of your house working at her spinning wheel. Of course. Everyone knows that Medina spins in the evening. Yeah. If you can really see things, Nunez, tell us what is happening inside the houses. Yeah. But but that's impossible. I can't see through solid rock. I can only see what's in the open. Oh. Then, oh. then you have only half sight, Nunes. What is so wonderful about that?
3: <laughs>
1: your sight is
2: nothing but your imagination. You can't convince us with your simple trickery. No.
1: no. Wait, wait. No. I know another way to convince you. Well,
2: we are each holding a spade, Pedro. Would you consider it a fair trial if we walk away a few paces and then run forward and try to strike each other with our spades? Is that fair enough?
3: That's fair. You Pedro.
2: Are you afraid, Pedro? Do you agree that I have an advantage? Don't be a fool. I'll accept your challenge. Let us begin walking back.
1: Five paces. Very well. One, two, three, four, five. Ready? So. Now then, come forward.
2: So I missed. Of course. I ducked under your blow. But I can see you. I, I... Well, why don't you strike if you can? I didn't realize. I can't... I can't hit a blind man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
2: this is the way he proves he can see. He is not only a liar, but a coward.
3: <laughs> That's
0: what we think of you, Nunez. If my father were not a kind and patient man, he would turn you out in the rocks where you belong. And if my sister is such a fool that she thinks... Wait, you... Oh,
3: oh. What what did you do what did you
0: Pedro, what is it? If
2: you've heard him, Nunez, I swear you'll pay for it. I didn't think I was angry and I lost my head. I feel blood on his forehead. It's a bad cut, I can tell. Thanks to you, he may be... um. wait, stop him, someone. You won't get away, Nunez. We'll find you.. <laughs>
1: was confident that his sight would save him when the blind men pursued. He ran into the fields, hid in the tall grass, and waited to see what would happen. Then suddenly, as he looked about him, he saw men approaching along different paths in every direction. He was amazed at the swiftness and sureness of their approach, and he felt terrified like a cornered beast, and he cried out, Don't come near me! If you come too close, I'll... on five! Careful now!
2: Close in! Don't come a step near... By heaven, I'll hurt some of you if you do. Get
1: down that spade, Nunez. Come off the grass. I warned you! And desperately, Nunez broke through, waving his spade above him, running away toward the rocks. He stayed outside the wall of the valley for four days without food and shelter. And he became sick from exposure and fever and near starvation. And then he stumbled back through the village of the blind people.
4: Oh, Nunez, why did you run away?
2: I was mad, Medina, but I was only newly made. My senses imperfect. I didn't know what I was
4: doing. Nunez, someone, please bring water. Bring water. His forehead is burning with fever. It's
2: all right, Medina. For a moment, everything went
4: black.
1: I'm better now. Nunez, my boy... You said that you were mad before. What did you mean? Yes. Yes, I was mad. Forgive me. Do but... you still believe that you can see? No. No, the word means
2: nothing. Less than nothing. What is this sky you used to speak of? There is no such thing as sky. There is only a roof above us. About ten times the height of a man. There is a roof above the world of rock
1: and very smooth. You have spoken well, Nunez, and your repentance has saved you. And so Nunez was forgiven and accepted once more as a citizen of the Valley of the Blind. He was careful not to speak of sight again, and he grew in the esteem of the people so that one day he dared ask Jacob Sirote for the hand of his daughter Medina in marriage. I have known for a long time that you love my daughter Nunez, and it has troubled me. If you
2: will only give your consent, Father Sirote, I will never give you reason to regret it. I will do all that is
1: in my power to make Medina happy. I believe you, my son... And I will give my consent, but only on one condition. I will do anything you say. I have spoken to a doctor, a specialist of the mind. He thinks there is a way to make certain that you are permanently cured. How? He explained that those useless orbs, which you call eyes, are in your case diseased. And the disease has affected your mind. Then what does he suggest? He believes that the only way to cure you completely is to perform an easy and nearly painless surgical operation. What? What sort of operation? To remove the irritant orbs. Oh, no. No, you can't. Perhaps you do not really love my daughter. Does the thought of a little pain frighten you so much? It isn't the pain.
2: You don't understand.
1: No. No. I do not. But I will leave you alone with my daughter. It is for you two to decide. Medina, it's
2: horrible. I can't do it, even for you. If, if I allow this operation, I'll never see again. You don't want me to lose my gift of sight, do you?
4: I don't know what to say.
2: My whole world is sight. Don't you understand that? Well, we'll say something.
4: There is no other way for us, Nunez
2: But you don't know what it means to me. Why, for you alone, it's precious to have sight, to see your lovely face, your beautiful smile. instead of seeing you, it would mean that I must only touch you, hear you, and never see you. You don't want that, Medina.
4: I like to hear you talk about the things you can see, Nunez. It's like a wonderful dream,
2: but... You still think it's imagination. You think it would be better if I lost my eyes. Go on. Say it.
4: It is for you to decide, my Nunez. If it would make you so very unhappy to lose your sight, you must forget me.
2: Oh, my dear. It would be impossible to forget you. I could forget anything else. What if I should
4: consent? Oh, if you would, Nunez. If only you would. It would bring me more happiness than I have known in all my life before.
2: Then, Medina, it's decided. I will do as your father
1: says.
4: My dearest Nunez. believe me, if a woman's heart and life can do it, I will repay it.
1: it seemed to Nunez that the loss of his eyes was a small sacrifice to make for Medina's love. But as the time for his sacrifice grew nearer, a feeling of desperation came over him, which he was powerless to resist. And a few hours before he must give up his eyes to eternal darkness, he walked out of the village and lifted up his eyes and saw the morning, like an angel in golden armor marching down the steep. He did not turn aside as he meant to do, but went on and passed through the rocks about the valley, and his eyes were always upon the sunlit ice and snow. He thought of the stirring beauty of the great free world he was parted from, a glory by day, a luminous mystery by night. And then he turned around and gazed across the valley of the blind. He thought of Medina Sorote, and she had become small and remote. He turned again toward the mountain down which the day had come to him. Then, boldly and steadily, he began to climb.
0: have heard H.G. Wells' story, The Country of the Blind, adapted for Author's Playhouse by Peggy Phillips and directed by Mr. Homer Heck. Mr. William Everett was heard as Nunes, Miss Lorette Philbrandt as Medina. The narrator was Mr. Fred Sullivan. Others in the cast of Author's Playhouse tonight were Mr. Charles Eggleston, Mr. Armand Hunter, Mr. Harry Elders, Mr. Herbert Butterfield, and Mr. Butler Manville. The music was arranged and played by Mr. Lewis Webb. Next week, same time, same station, Author's Playhouse will bring you The Greatest Man in the World by James Thurber.